Take your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. And uh, we're going to be continuing in our series about one another. And today we're going to look at the next one, being kind to one another. Ephesians chapter number 4, and we're going to read a few verses together. And so when you find that with me, Ephesians 4, verse number 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Father, I pray the next few minutes this morning that you'd be pleased with the message, and I pray that you'd help us this morning. Help us be attentive to what you have, and help us apply it to our lives, and meet with us and work this morning in the service like only you can. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Turn on the television. You read a news article. You see social media posts of today. And you probably notice the fact that we live in a world full of angry people. Kindness is not the norm of today. It seems like people, you think about it, we often hear protests. We see protests. We have hate-mongering. We have slandering in a very angry society. That would describe our world around us today. And it seems like people who can't agree with one another cannot be kind to one another still in the midst of it. And instead, they curse, they swear, they wear t-shirts with profanity, and the list could go on of things. Sometimes we wonder, sometimes I wonder myself, what has happened to kindness in our world? Not only do I look in our world, though, and wonder what's happened to kindness, I look in our churches today, and in Christians, and I wonder what's happened to old-fashioned kindness. We don't have it. And today I want to study this thing. It's so important as we study the one another's of the Bible and what God's trying to do in our midst. Kindness is essential for strong relationships. You will not have a good marriage if kindness is not a part of it. You will not have good relationships with your church family if you don't have kindness. Kindness is key for relationships. Mark Twain said this, Kindness is a language that deaf people can hear and that blind people can see. Kindness is very important. Two researchers, there was two research studies that were conducted in 2016, and they found these statistics. The first one is this, 53% of Americans have quit buying from a company because of uncivil or unkind employees. Do you like to shop somewhere where people are mean, or do you like to shop somewhere where they're nice? I'll give you an example. I shouldn't be giving examples in here. That Popeye's chicken sandwich, it's so much better than a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. So much better. There's no comparison between the two. And we'll just leave that there. And that, that, that's gospel right there. That's truth. I'm preaching truth right now. But you go into Popeye's to get a chicken sandwich, and it's almost like the end of the world. Like, how dare you come in here and, you know, you go to Chick-fil-A. My pleasure. How can I help you? 
I'm drawn more to Chick-fil-A because of the atmosphere and the kindness they show than the dirty look I get for ordering a chicken sandwich. It's not my fault 200 people want that chicken sandwich the same day too. But you know, we, are gra- we gravitate things like that. Sometimes at stores, it's easier to use the self-checkout because it's nicer than what the grumpy cashier would be. And, uh, but 53% have quit buying from a company just because of that. 34% of Americans have experienced regular incivility and unkindness at work. Um, seven, um, 25% of Americans have experienced incivility at, and, uh, or cyberbullying online. Almost triple what it was from 2011. We live in a very unkind world. We get on Facebook. We get on Twitter, whatever social media you have. Say, I don't even know what those are. Just thank God you don't know what those are. Just be grateful, okay? I had someone a few weeks ago tell me, Pastor, I, they wanted to watch. They had missed some church because of different things going on. Like, I'd like to be able to watch the service. I said, well, we do it on Facebook. She's like, I pride myself on one thing. I've never had a Facebook in all the time it's been around. I said, well, don't get one now. Listen to, listen to the podcast. Don't. Stay, if you can stay clear from it, stay clear from it. But there's so much mean, unkindness, permeate everything. And the rates tripled since 2011. It's just getting worse around us. Turn me down just a little bit, Joe. It's a little squeal there. 74% of Americans believe that the manners and civil behavior have deteriorated in the U.S. over the past decades. It's not like the Andy Griffith show anymore. A quarter of Americans use extremely crude profanity on a daily basis. That's not right either. That's probably even higher than that. Depends on what you consider extreme crude profanity. Um, 2018 poll said 31% of Americans think that it's likely that we'll have a civil war within the next five years. Like two more, three more years for that to come. But look at how divided as a nation we are. And we, and I, I'm strong. I'm a strong Bible, Bible-based guy. I'm a strong conservative, and I don't argue that fact. Well, I do some, but I, how do I want to want to say? I can still be kind to those who don't have the same views that I do. But the liberal, liberal, liberal side that wants to tolerate, wants us to tolerate, doesn't tolerate us. So, a hard one there. We're still called to be kind. Your interactions with people, we need to be kind. Your Facebook post should be kind. Your Twitter post should be kind. Imagine what could happen in Washington, D.C. if kindness took over that place. Anyways, we'll leave that there and go no further on that thought. Getting to the message this morning. We see number one. Why don't we have kindness today? Number one is the conflict with kindness. What conflicts with kindness? What is it why we don't see kindness in our society, even among Christians? This passage gives us some very insightful things to help us in that area. And we see letter A, we see the fact there's a conflict of anger. The Bible says in verse 26, Be angry and sin not, and let not the sun go down upon your wrath. There are some dangers about anger in your life. And it is true, there are instances, instances in life where anger is okay. Righteous anger is okay. When are those times? Think about it. Say, when is it okay to be angry? Jesus got angry, didn't he? But it was righteous anger. Say, what do you mean? Well, look at the screen. Look at the verses that come up. John 2, verse 14. He went into the temple, his father's house, and found the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them out of the temple and the sheep and oxen and poured the changers money and overthrew the tables and said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house and house of merchandise. Jesus was righteously standing for right. Let's be honest, most of the time when we're angry, we're not angry because we're standing for right. We're angry because so-and-so hurt us. Our feelings were hurt. Most of our anger in our lives is self-centeredness, and it's not right. There are times that anger is okay, and we see that. It says be angry, but sin not. Big difference between the two. 
I think it's sin when it's pride-based. That's most of the time when we have problems with those around us. And when someone gets angry, there will often be a sin that accompanies that anger. You know, there's only one letter difference between the word danger and anger. You got to be very careful. Anger leads to sin, and sinful actions will follow it. That's why the Bible is very clear that we need to be swift to speak, right? No, 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 no. To hear. Slow to speak. James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. You realize something? You are given two ears and one mouth, right? I think God was trying to teach us all something important. It is better to listen quickly and speak slowly. When we get angry, it's very easy to lash out and say things that we should not say. And when we get angry and when we turn to wrath for the wrath of man says, you are not doing God's work when you're acting in anger and wrath. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to it's important for us. Man's anger seldom leads people to Christ. It just doesn't. We want a relationship that are characterized by kindness. We, we got to understand this thing. It cannot be developed by anger. Anger is what conflicts with kindness. Anger conflicts with kindness and it brings damage. Not only it brings damage to our testimony, which leads to letter B, corruption of testimony. The longer we hold our anger, the more we will hurt our testimony. That's why verse 26 says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. The word wrath, it means intense anger, rage, fury, defined as any action carried out in a great anger, especially for punishment or vengeance. When I think of wrath, I think of same when their face is turning, that's what I think of when I think of wrath. We let anger stick around and don't deal with it. It does not go away. And the Bible says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You got to deal with what's going on. You don't deal with it. What you're doing is you're giving the devil a spot to work in your life. And you've got to understand, anger that will boil over in some way, if it's not dealt with, it always damages relationships. God instructs us to deal swiftly and graciously because what unresolved anger does, it leads to bitterness. Hebrews 12, verse number 15, looking diligently, lest any man fails of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. When we harbor bitterness in our hearts, our minds will constantly dwell on the subject of our bitterness. That's all we think about. And you know it's true. Like, Pastor, I've never been bitter in my life. Okay, you're a good person. You're a good person. But these thoughts, when bitterness creeps in, it poisons the relationships that we have. If we allow anger and bitterness to dwell and to corrupt our hearts, we will not be showing the kindness of Christ to people because we'll be focused on the anger and the bitterness in our heart. It is very important for us to realize that there was a husband and wife they were celebrating their 50th anniversary. Young acquaintance of theirs who was engaged asked them for some helpful things they had done over the five decades of marriage. The husband replied, we never go to sleep angry with each other. The young man was impressed until the wife chimed in. And the longest we had to stay, a week, stay awake was one week. And uh, that, wow, you guys are a rough crowd to see it. They didn't tell the joke in the first service because they didn't need it. This service needs a little bit of, needs a little joke. It's okay. We're talking about kindness. Smile a little bit. Be happy. It's okay. And uh, the thing is, I think I'm dealing with some people that might have some bitterness in their heart or maybe some anger. Let go of your anger and be kind. We'll talk more about that. Wait till I talk about the things we say about one another. You're really going to love the message then, but we'll be there in a few minutes. When we, in our lives, as we have anger and as we let that turn to bitterness and as it develops in our lives, what we're doing is we're giving, verse 27, we're giving Satan a place to work in our lives. 
says, neither give place to the devil. When we hold on to our anger, what we're saying is, all right, Satan, I got a spot for you to work in my life. Right here. Here, you got a spot. That's why we got to put it away. We got to not let the sun go down upon our wrath so we don't give the devil a place to work. And Satan hates Christ. He hates the cause of Christ. He hates the people of Christ. And he wants any spot he can get to ruin testimonies for the Lord. And you know that's true. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 10 and 11, To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For I forgave anything to whom I forgave it. For your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Satan doesn't need us to give him any advantage. He's got enough going for him in this world. He doesn't need an upper hand. As we don't forgive and as we are angry and we hold on to that bit, we are giving Satan an advantage on us. He doesn't need an advantage. Paul says forgive. Do it for Christ's sake in the person of Christ. Christ can forgive us for all that we've done. We can forgive and remove that anger and remove that bitterness. There are many people today that are suffering with bitterness because they just won't deal with it. They're a very not nice person to be around. And the problem is, you could be a nice person. I think everybody's this pastor looking at just one, I'm not looking at just one person in the room. The problem is, you let anger and you let bitterness rule your life. That's what you're going to display, because out of the abundance of the heart, mouth speaketh. And remove the anger and bitterness. Kindness can creep in. Are you a kind person? First thing is you've got the conflict with kindness. It's anger. Anger's where it always is. Number two this morning, we see the communication of kindness. The communication of kindness. Before we can communicate kindness, we need to understand what kindness is. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Look at verse number 29 of our text. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying and may minister grace unto the hearers. Our text here tells us, instructs us, that we should communicate and we should use that which is edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearer. Edification, guess what? Every person needs edification. And it's something that every Christian who walks with the Lord should be able to give to other people. It's true. Charles Spurgeon said this, he said, No matter what good truths you have to teach, no one will thank you if you do not speak kindly. The word minister there in verse 29 means to give of one's own accord, bestow a gift to supply, where grace refers to goodwill and loving kindness. What does kindness look like in our communication? Letter A, not corrupt. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. When we hold unforgiveness in our hearts, it's going to come out of your mouth. Our text says that you should not have corrupt communication. This is what the word corrupt means. Are you ready? Rotten, petrified, putrefied and unfit for use that should not come out of a christian's mouth when we speak in anger guess what everything turns unpleasant our anger is cruel and it's hurtful the words you gotta understand something the words we say have a huge impact on those listening to them whoever came up with a saying sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me they're a liar straight up liar sticks and stones do hurt and they and they don't hurt though like words. Words hurt. I can't take them back. And then, you know, guys might forget words, but women remember all the words that are said. You know it's true, ladies. You know it's true. And you know it's true. Do you remember what you said five years ago on this day? I don't have a clue what I said five minutes ago. How am I supposed to remember five years ago? Oh, you said this right at that time. I did, huh? We were talking the other day about something, and, and she's like, last week you said this. And I'm like, I honestly don't remember what I said. I'm sitting there thinking, what did I say? What did I say? What did I say? She remembers what, and that's a benefit sometimes, but she, only, she doesn't remember all the good. Th no, anyways, we'll leave it there. I'm just teasing. And, uh, oh, I got to be, you know, 
Our words are powerful. Corrupt words tear people down. Kind words build people up. Proverbs 18 tells us, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Your tongue is so powerful. And the big problem is a lot of times we're speaking out in our anger. When God says you got to put all those things, and we'll get later to verse number 31 where it says, you, you know you grieve God, you grieve the Holy Spirit when you're full of anger and bitterness. He says, put all those things away. Be kind to one another. Forgive one another. That's what I did for you. That's what God did because I asked him to. Powerful. Your words matter. They hurt or they could build up. Kindness is not corrupt words. Husbands and wives, let me talk to you for a minute. You should never tear your spouse down. Never. 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 I tear them down, it will fix them. You don't know how my husband is. No, but I know how you are, and I kind of understand why he's the way. No, I'm just kidding. Build up your spouse. Let God fix them. Sometimes we get into marriage, and we get this idea. Doing, I was doing some marriage premarital counseling this last week. Premarital counseling, one of the things I said, don't get the idea you're going to fix each other. Because some people, that's their whole goal. They're going to, I'm going to fix him. Probably not going to fix him. And guy, you're not fixing her, okay? Not going to happen. Build up. We have a lot of insecure marriages today of what we say to one another. Shame on us to ever talk corruptly about our spouse. They are God's gift to you. And what you're saying is, God, is this what you give me? Speak right. Some of our marriages could be fixed. Just get a hold of this fact that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Some marriages could have life brought back in if they would just talk right to one another. Decide, build up, not tear down. But my spouse tore me down. Well, why don't you build them up? How it should be. You realize things go so much better. I, I gave the example last service. I've been pastoring almost 10 years and I still don't know what I'm doing. I think I, I think I know less now than what I did the first day I started pastoring. I really thought the first day I started pastoring, I think I got this thing figured out. And going on 10 years, I got nothing figured out. I realize I, and I've talked to pastors who pastor for 50 years, and they say they haven't figured anything out. So I'm like, oh boy. But um, one thing I am learning, every once in a while you get angry people come to you. Pastor, I can't believe this and you and blah, blah, blah. And I wish I could say in 10 years that every time people come to me, I'd be like, oh, the Lord bless you, and it's okay, and I love you, and it'll be okay. And they're like, Pastor, how could you, how could you let this, like, what is it any of your stinking business to tell? I said that one time. That conversation went south very quick. <laughs> you come and get in my face when you don't even know what you're talking about. That's speaking in anger, based in pride. I've had people come very angry, and some of the time I respond correctly. A soft answer turns away wrath. Grievous words stir up anger. <laughs> you got a spouse who's angry and just <laughs> going at you? Husband or wife? Be kind to them. They can't stay mean very long. Like, oh, you don't know my spouse. I don't even know what else to say there. I'll just leave there, there at that. You can be kind. Show kindness. What is kind communication? Well, first off, not corrupt. But let her be edifying. Building up. Our words should be good for others. Uplifting and encouraging them. That's what God says. God instructs us to use our speech for edifying, which means to build up and strengthen. Everyone needs it. Verse 29 says you do this. Why? It will minister grace unto the hearers. And grace is an inner disposition that comes and was created by the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And we can minister grace to others by our very own words. Who is the best at ministering grace in his words? Jesus was. Luke chapter number 4, verse 22. And all bear him witness. And wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? We are called to be Christians, right? Christ-like. So we should be able to do what Christ did and show and speak kind, wise, truthful, encouraging words that minister grace to others. The challenge for us, though, 
is responding with edifying words when someone does something that usually provokes us to anger. That's where the rubber meets the road. God instructs us to build up, not tear down. You know the phrase, and I've used it a lot, I'm sure a lot of you have. I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. What if we gave them words of grace instead? What if you went to your unfair boss after a rough day and said, thanks for all you do around here? Oh, what would happen? What would happen if your sports team lost and you went to the other team's fans and it was okay? Good win. Good job. Just teasing Louis Super Bowl. That was, sorry. Oh, I, no anger and no bitterness towards that. I'm building up right here kindness. They could do it again next year. They could get there again. I have a better chance than my Chargers. So just remember that. So building up. Anyway, see? Both at the same time. Anyways. Oh, I think I, t- I think I tore him down a little bit. I need to be nice there. Okay, just don't think about it anymore. It's okay. How about... How about the person at work who got the promotion you wanted? And you text them and say, congratulations, I'm happy for you. And you mean it. That could go a long way. What would happen if you wrote the teacher of your child that just got in trouble a note thanking them for what they do? Try to minister grace to someone through our kind words. It goes against everything inside of us. We naturally bristle up in anger. That's part of the works of the flesh. It takes the Holy Spirit and God will help us in those areas. We're called to be gracious, not grievous. Read verse number uh, 31. It says, instructs us to put away, put off all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, and malice. You know a rattlesnake, if it's cornered, will sometimes become so angry, it'll bite itself, infusing itself with its own poison. This is the way hate and resentment that we harbor in our lives does to us. It fills us with poison, like a rattlesnake biting himself. Destructive attitudes always have grievous consequences. And you say, man, my, I've heard people, my workplace is toxic. It's a toxic environment. I wonder what a little kindness would do to change that. Pastor, there's other Christians there. They could do it. Why don't you be like Christ and start? Talk about our world being such a place filled with anger and hate and all these different things and our country divided and all these things. How about Christians get back to being kind? Yeah. problem is we're angry. We're bitter. And you can't be kind when you're bitter and you're angry. You cannot be filled with the spirit when you're being filled with the flesh. It does not work that way. There's the conflict with kindness. It's anger. There's a communication. It's not corrupt. Edifying. The number three, the characteristics of kindness. Verse 32. Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. The word kind here means virtuous, benevolent, or mild. When the world expresses itself in anger, hate, and protest, we as Christians should be demonstrating kindness so that others can see the light of Christ in us. There was this one time a while back. Um, God loves all people. You realize that? Do you realize that today? He died for everyone. God so loved the world. There was a Muslim man I was talking to. Very nice guy. And we're talking and we're going through. And he's like, and he talk, he was he was talking about the bad things about Christianity. I'm like, hey, why don't you think about all the bad things in your religion? But that's okay. You know, I didn't take him to the Quran or anything like that. We we're just talking. And he said, your religion is supposed to be based on love and kindness. True, true. So you're saying, don't stand my ground when I need to stand my ground. I understand your ground, but you're still supposed to be kind in the midst of it. There's no substitute. Kindness is important. Christians should be kind. Yeah, but then people are going to run all over me. Kind people finish last in this world. I think kind people are being like Jesus. I think it's right. We need kindness. Characteristics of kindness. Let's get to letter A, and we're almost done here this morning. Letter A, we see kindness is gentle. A lot of people don't like that word gentle. 
I've had people say, Pastor, you're saying that we're supposed to be just a doormat and let people do as they please. Let people come in here and blah, 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 blah. We're supposed to be kind. Gentleness, meekness, they're very close to one another. Meekness is power under control. The Bible says that Moses was one of the meekest men that have ever, the, we, the meekest man that ever lived. And look at, look at times where his anger kicked up. I love when I see a man that's not, that's, that's human in his efforts. And you see that in the Bible and see that he was the great, so... It's good to see that God uses people that aren't perfect. He can use all of us. But gentle. Many people view gentleness as weakness. On the contrary, it takes way more strength to be a gentle person and does lash out in anger. It, you think about this. Gentleness does not demonstrate a lack of strength or toughness. It demonstrates the strength of remaining in control regardless of the aggravation. Peter 3.8 Finally be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brother and be pitiful, be courteous. Proverbs 25.11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. William Ward once said this, he said, Flatter me, I may not believe you. Criticize me, I may not like you. Ignore me, and I may not forgive you. Encourage me, and I will not forget you. And you know that's true. Can you back to school age for me? There's one teacher in particular. She's my favorite teacher. I was not perfect, and I messed up at times. She always encouraged me to do what was right, always. I've had plenty of Sunday school teachers growing up in church my whole life. There are some teachers I don't remember anything they taught me. There are a few that really changed my life. It was those who were kind. There's one guy, my son, David. His name's David Scott. He's named The man's name was Scott David Coltart. He was named after him. Um, he was only my Sunday school teacher for four months, and uh, I got to work with him over a summer. And his 11th grade teacher of the boys. And when I was in 10th grade, he really was doing a lot in the youth group. And he seemed like the nicest, kindest guy. And I'm like, that guy, that guy's a fake. No one is that kind and nice. It's not, no one's like that. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I got to know him about eight months total, super close. He was that kind. And one of the people that have influenced me more than anybody else for the Lord was that man in eight months. So why didn't he influence you longer? He, uh, he, we were at a teen activity playing basketball he hurt his knee he had surgery and uh two weeks later at work there was a blood clot that went to his head and he passed away at 39 years old leaving a family behind in a huge hole at our church there's no one kind as kind as he was kindness makes a difference we need it kindness is and that was the one thing about this guy i always thought he's so weak that was my thought in time look at him he's just letting everyone run and he wasn't letting people run over him when you look at it he was being like christ and i saw christ in him that's what we need today. That's what our children, they, children need to see their moms and dads not arguing and fighting and angry and bitter at one another. They need to see God's kindness in you. That's what they need to see. That's what needs to happen. There are people all around you who would greatly benefit from a kind word. Why not be God's, in, God's instrument of kindness to them? Let her be. Not only is kindness gentle, but let her be. And lastly, kindness is compassionate. Be kind one to another. Next word is tender-hearted. What does it mean to be tender-hearted? It means having strong inward compassion, sympathetic. It is easy to get irritated at people. How many of you would agree with me on that statement? It's easy to get irritated at people. And those of you who didn't raise your hand, you all do it too. It's very easy to get irritated with people. But it's Christ-like to have compassion towards them. You consider that person who irritates you might be going through a tough time. A cranky colleague of yours might be having a difficult marriage. An unfriendly lady might have just received a call from the doctor that she wasn't expecting. Whatever problems people face, an encouraging word will definitely do more to uplift and help. And if you're a tender-hearted person, you don't have to be reminded of this fact as you seek to help others when you can. Think about this, compassion is expressed in caring action. I have compassion, 
and you do nothing. That's not compassion. Compassion is acting. That's what Jesus saw the multitude. He was moved with compassion. He did something. And if some have compassion, making a difference. Compassion is carrying action. It goes beyond merely feeling sympathetic and seeking to relieve the pain. It leads to action. Great example of it in the scriptures when the indebted servant begged the king for mercy in Matthew 18, verse number 27. It says, Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. Kindness is gentleness, compassion. When we communicate it in our everyday lives, guess what we do, church? Reflect God's love and God's sympathy to others. As Christians, let's seek to be ministers of grace, ministers of grace, and communicate kindness to those around us. Say, Pastor, I don't like the angry world we live in today. I don't either. Want to help? Communicate kindness. We can minister grace to others by speaking encouraging words and showing compassion. You realize the kindest person who ever walked on this earth, his name was Jesus. He healed the blind. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He was wounded for our transgressions. He commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners. What kindness and love he's shown to us. That same Savior, Jesus, is calling us to be kind to one another. Would you be obedient this morning to him and follow his leading? And hey, in our homes, let's be kind. That means you need to get rid of the anger and bitterness that's there. And hey, if you got bitterness inside of you, let's just carry on about bitterness another second. We're almost done here. Bitterness takes some time to get rid of. The roots of bitterness. You go and uh, we used to live in the house right next door here. Now Ryan and Lori live there. Don't get bitter that you live there. It's a nice house and it's good when people don't bug you in different things. I wanted to grow plants uh, out front and get some, you know, I think Rick said one day it looked like a, a desert, a it looked like the desert there. I'm like, oh, great. I need to get some things living there. The grass was, so I got the grass real green. I was putting plants in different things. And those trees over there, their roots are everywhere. You try to dig a little hole to plant a plant, the roots are everywhere. That's what happens with bitterness. If you let your anger build, it turns to wrath, it turns to bitterness. And the bitter, it defiles you. It's ingrained in you. And you got to go back. What happens? Think about it this way. Say you break your arm. You decide, I'm not going to the doctor. All good. I'll take care of it myself. Then after it heals, your arm's like, this. Can't move it. Got to go back into the doctor. What are, what are they going to do? They're going to re-break it and set it and fix it. The bitterness and resentment you hold in your heart, you're going to have to deal with it at some point. You got to be free of it, but you're letting whatever situations that have gotten you to that point stay there and ruin you and keep you from being the kind person Christ wants you to be. Be kind. Everyone in our church, you're not going to like everyone the same. Some people will irritate you. We can be kind. Hey, the frustrated clerk at Popeyes, you can be kind to them. Over-anxious, zealous Chick-fil-A worker, you can be kind to them too. A Walmart employee that doesn't know what's going on and being run all over through the store, you can be kind to them. The Home Depot employee that won't give you the time of day when you need to find out what where this light bulb's at, you can still be kind. Be a person known for kindness. I didn't use this example last service, but I'm going to use it here. Remember a while back, I went into a store and someone was going crazy on this employee all over them. I was shocked. You could hear it, but I didn't see who the person was. And I walked a little further, and I knew who the person was. I'm not saying if they went to our church or not. It could be someone else that I know from someplace else. They're a Christian. There was nothing in that conversation that I heard that was anything Christ-like. I just need to learn to be kind. I think I've heard Caroline say it over and over again. They just need to be kind. That's her little saying. You know, one thing I hear from people all the time, Caroline, she's so kind. She's so kind. You don't live with her. You don't know the truth. But... <laughs> She is kind. And I've had people say, I just don't think I could be like her. You could. Holy Spirit can help you be kind too. Let's be kind to one another. Let's love one another. Members one of another. Let's do the things God's called us to be. And it'd be amazing how great our church could be to just get a hold of the things that God wants us to do. Amazing how our homes would be. We could just learn to be kind. Be kind. Father, we love